This morning, I'd like to introduce you to Aaron and Neil Quist, along with little Charlotte and Hudson. Terrific name, by the way. Great name. Um, God delights in children. In fact, he says it's one of the greatest gifts that he gives to parents, is the gift of our kids. Psalm 127, verse 3. Children are a heritage from the Lord. Children are a reward from him. And so because children are a gift, it's natural that as Christian parents, uh, we present and dedicate our children to God. Uh, in the Gospels, we see lots of people bringing kids to Jesus, uh, asking him, seeking his blessing. And so in the same way, Aaron and Neil, uh, this morning, you can take your masks off, we're up here. Uh, um, in the same way, um, you're bringing little Hudson here, um, presenting first yourselves um, and also him before God. Uh, so I, I want to call your attention first to Deuteronomy chapter 6, 4 to 7. Here's, here's what uh, Moses says. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and with all your strength. And these commands I give to you today are be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Uh, so, a couple of questions first for you here this morning. Um, do you thank God for the gift of Hudson, and do you trust God to help you as parents as you care for him? Will you try with God's help to share with Hudson your understanding of the Christian faith? And will you bring him up within the community of the church? Will you, uh, yeah. And will you promise to surround him with goodness, love, and respect? Okay, then the second part of this is actually for us. As, as a body of Christ, we have a responsibility to teach the gospel story to the younger generations. Uh, the prophet Joel says to your children, uh, teach God's word, tell, your, tell God's word to your children and let your children tell it to their children and their children to the next generation. So the question for you now is, do you, the members and friends of New Life, promise there will always be a place for children here and that you will play your part in bringing our children to acknowledge of Jesus Christ as Lord and as Savior. And if you do so promise, I'm going to ask you to stand up. Hey, little man, want to come with me? Hi. Oh, wow, it's been a while since my kids were this light. So um, I'm simply going to walk around, and I'm going to pray for little Hudson. Uh, and would you join in praying with me as we commit, uh, not just to Hudson, but also to the kids in our congregation. So let's pray. So Jesus, first of all, we thank you for the gift of Hudson. God, we thank you for this young life and the promise and the hope that it is. Uh, God, we pray that, uh, that he would come to know you. God, that he would come to understand you, to see you, that you would uh, reveal yourself to him, and that you'd become the delight of his heart and the joy of his life. Father, we pray that you would give us the strength and the wisdom to raise up our kids to know you. Give us wisdom, give us grace, give us patience. God, we thank you for Hudson and for the life ahead. Uh, Father, as, as a body, we come together and we pray for him and ask for your blessing upon him. In the name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen. amen. Oh, I, I'm just going to hang on to him for a little while. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. You can have a seat. Good morning, everyone. It is so great to see all your faces here this morning. Um, on the subject of faces, there's a lot of them, and that's really great. But we know that some of you are kind of wondering what's going on in terms of capacity, 
how many do we have? What are we allowed? And what's going to happen? Are we going to go to two services? Um, so I just wanted to talk about that really quickly, and then we're going to dismiss the kids. Um, Scott and I just did a really rough count, but we're pretty sure we did a fairly decent job. We don't get paid to count, but every now and again, we can, we can pull it together. And we've got about 270 people in this room right now, um, which is yay. I mean, everybody's coming. <laughs> Now, we know that um, we are supposed to be at 50%, stay at 50% capacity, which is 261. Once the kids leave the room, then we're all, we're all good and, and sticking to what we're supposed to be, do again. But we just wanted to be, let you know that we are keeping an eye. We know it's been pretty full the last couple of weeks. People are starting to come back, and that's great. We're really hoping that this week, when uh, they make some new announcements before spring break, that we're going to get to lift these restrictions altogether, but, but we are looking and seeing if we need to add a second service, and we'll definitely be in communication about that, but I wanted to let you know that that's what's going on. So, switching gears, we are going to dismiss the kids. Uh, Jesse's not here today, so I'm just filling in. It's the first Sunday of the month, and so we've got a new memory verse. Uh, if you haven't been here before, we, the kids are learning verses as they are in kids' zone together, and we as a church, we try and say those together with them before we dismiss them, because it's always good for us to be learning some scripture as well. So, here's our new verse this week. Would you say it with me? But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. 2 Thessalonians 3.3. 3. Great, a very timely verse for the time we find ourselves in. So let's pray for the kids, and then we will send them off to Kids Zone. God, we thank you for our children, and we thank you that we have volunteers who are going to take them now, and they are going to um, teach them your word. They are going to love on them and have fun with them while we, while we stay in here and, and hear your word together as well. So Lord, I pray you would bless our children. Would you um, protect their minds and soften their spirits to you, Lord, today? Amen. Good morning, church. I'm Alicia, the youth director here. Oh, I'm going to just try to grab this. Oh, thank you, Andrew. And I have up here one of our youth, Simonetta, and she is going to bring with me this morning to you guys our three-ish things. And yes, today is an ish because there's actually four. So before anyone tells me that at the end of the service, you got it covered. What's our first one? That's the first one. And she also has our second one. Do you want to tell us that too? And do they need to register somewhere? Perfect. You can go to the website or the church app, and if you want more information, you can actually talk to Gordon Brown. He is our main contact person with that. Um, some of you may have noticed at our information desk, there's this lovely banner up and some information about this one-year uh, GAP program called, I'm sorry if I say it wrong, Curios. 
Uh, I actually had a chance to chat with one of the guys earlier in the year about this. And it sounds like a fantastic GAP pro program where they, there are students that come together and they get to learn in the word. Uh, they build within that community, but they actually travel to a few different locations and uh, just either do missions trips, but just that whole experience of growing uh, closer to Christ. So if you want to know more about it, check out the information table at the end of the service, and I'm sure they will gladly chat to you there. Last... Um, Ukraine, a lot of people have been wanting to help and support what's going on in Ukraine. And we partner with the FH, and we can donate, if you would like to donate some money to that, you can go to their website, and that will help um, the people in Ukraine, what's going on down there, and get it to where it needs to go. So with that, I'm going to close us in prayer. Uh, please join me. Lord... There is hurt in this world, but you have defeated that death. You have defeated, you are so much bigger than that, God. We pray for the people in Ukraine. We pray for the hurt that's going there. And we pray for the hurt just throughout the world, God. Lord, we pray as Andrew comes up this morning to bring the word that he just is sensitive to the spirit that you lead him where he needs to go. May our hearts be willing to hear what's to be said. May we draw close to you in this time. In your name, amen. Well, once again, good morning. It was uh, probably about three years ago. It was the, probably the perfect kind of a night uh, to be out in, in my hot tub. It's one of my favorite places to be, and it's, it's usually where uh, I polish off uh, pretty much all of my sermons, including this one, uh, is, is sitting out there. And so it was a cold night, uh, clear sky, so the stars were out, uh, really peaceful under the trees. And uh, I remember getting my suit on and putting my flip-flops on and sort of racing down the stairs, uh, but not realizing, uh, and maybe you knew this, but... Uh, Seeing as the, the landing was a little frosty, uh, flip-flops apparently don't have great traction on ice. Um, surprise! Uh, so I raced down the stairs, and my feet came right up from underneath me, and, uh, and they, they, they instantly sort of wedged themselves. My legs wedged underneath the railing, uh, and in that moment, I actually, I thought for sure I had broken at least one of my legs. Uh, the pain was pretty bad. Um, turns out I actually did far more worse damage to my shoulder, which hurt for about a year and a half after. Um, but that moment for me is, I think it's, it, it, it resonates with my character of, I, I just want to rush in, uh, sort of caution to the wind, uh, just sort of a sprint forward and not really considering the consequences. And that's why, thankfully, I have Jen in my life who uh, makes sure that I ask the questions that I don't want to ask and to slow me down so I don't sprint onto icy platforms every day. Um, and as such, I actually find that I resonate with the Apostle Peter, um, that Peter is this headstrong, jump first, ask questions later kind of a guy. And as we go through the Gospel of Matthew, uh, we see lots of stories of Peter. Uh, obviously, Jesus is the main character, but Peter shows up quite a bit. Uh, and so I, this morning, I want to I look at a few different stories of Peter. Um, the first is actually in the Gospel of John. 
Oh, I forgot the clicker. Sorry, guys. Um, the Gospel of John. We have the clicker for a reason, and I just forgot it. Uh, the Gospel of John. So John is telling the story of Peter, and this is, this is one of my, the best. Um, so just as day was breaking, this is after the resurrection. Oh, hey, there's the clicker. Yay, Greg. Everyone give a hand for Greg. I forgot it on purpose. I just wanted Greg to get an applause. Um, so it's post-resurrection. So Jesus is, has died on the cross. There's resurrection. And Peter and the disciples, I don't know if they're bored or they're frustrated or they're worried, but they decide to go out fishing again. Just as it was breaking, um, oh, no, that's the, oh. Anyway, I got them just in the wrong order. So earlier in Matthew or John chapter, there we go, just as it was breaking day, there's verses before that, whatever. Anyway, it's, I'm sure it's my fault. Setting the scene, uh, the disciples are, 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 are hanging out, Peter says, let's go fishing, and they go out onto a boat, uh, Andy talked about this this week, the disciples go out onto the boat, and they're fishing all night, and they catch Nothing. And this guy from the shore says, children, have you caught anything? Which sounds a little patronizing. Uh, and they haven't, which is the worst thing to have to answer if you're fishing. Uh, and, and this guy from the shore says, hey, try putting your net on the other side of the boat. Which is ridiculous when you're fishing with a net because what does four feet of difference make? But they do. They throw their net on the other side of the boat. And sure enough, the, the, the load of fish is, is just gigantic. Uh, and so... Uh, that's when they realize, they realize that, oh, on the shore, actually, it's Jesus. Uh, he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat. There we go. Uh, they cast it, and now they were not able to haul in the fish because of the quantity of fish. Um, the disciple whom Jesus loved, that's John, therefore said to Peter, it's the Lord. They realize that it's Jesus on the shore. And when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, uh, for he was stripped for work, and threw himself into the sea. So I, I just love this, because picture this. They're on the boat, and they've just caught these fish. And what does Peter do? He puts on his, co his cloak again. And I don't know why even John says it, other than it's so ridiculous that I think he just wants to sort of rub it in that Peter is this dumb. Uh, the Peter, he just freaks out. He loses his mind, as Peter often does. And he's so sort of anxious and excitable. He's like a little puppy. And he throws his coat on, and he jumps overboard into the water. And then he begins to swim to shore. Uh, uh, the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, but about 100 yards off. And I actually think 100 yards is still a pretty decent swim. I imagine the disciples, remember the rest of the disciples are in a boat with oars. I think they actually passed Peter on the way back into shore. Can you imagine? Like, hey, Peter, how's that working out for you? Hey. But Peter's just so excited about Jesus that he just loses his mind, puts on his coat, and jumps in the sea. And he starts swimming. Uh, and, and, I, and I relate to this, this excitable, it's just Jesus and I just need to go. And um, five and a half years ago, when I started here at the church, uh, we started, uh, coming out of camp ministry, I started this, we started the seven. And uh, I was just so excited to be able to pour into young adults, especially young adults who were maybe on the fence or young adults who uh, were just trying to figure out what their faith was and, and who Jesus was as they make this their own. And uh, man, like Peter, I just jumped in headlong and perhaps I went a little too hard and perhaps I went a little too fast. And uh, honestly, uh, at that point, five years ago, I, I really truly believed if I just yelled hard enough, if I was just excited enough, if I was just worked passionately enough that I could drag people into the kingdom. Um, and, and for some, it, it was just me going too fast. 
For me, it was setting, for, for some, it was setting expectations maybe a little too high. And, and, and God has been in this process in my life, working in this process of teaching me to slow down. Slow down, Peter. Just pull the fish with you. You're in a boat. Slow down. Be patient and show grace. That, that all of our lives are, are the, this progress, this, this process that God is, is working in. And, and sometimes we just need to have grace for each other along the journey. And, and learning as well, too, in the season, like Peter, I think that, um, that leading doesn't just mean charging out ahead with excitement and passion and going the speed you want to go, but walking alongside people and encouraging them along the way. The second Peter story um, is uh, Matthew 16. We're going to be in it in the dailies this week. And, and this is Jesus talking to the disciples after the disciples have gone out and they've been ministering to the people and so they've been in amongst the crowds. And Jesus said, uh, but who, who do you say that I am? So he had asked them, hey, who do the crowds say? Who do the people say? And Peter said, well, some say that you're uh, a prophet and some say that you're maybe John the Baptist and some say you're uh, a, a spiritual guru or a moral teacher. And people have all these different impressions of who Jesus is that they're trying to figure it all out. And Jesus says to Peter directly, who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, that means son of Jonah, for flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. Peter had his theology right. Peter knew who Jesus was. Peter got it right. His theology was correct. Problem we see in the very next paragraph. Uh, Oh, yeah, it was that one. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. So Peter gets his theology correct, but he doesn't understand the implications of what the kingdom actually looks like. Jesus goes on in the very next story, after, after saying, blessed are you, Peter, and the next story, Jesus calls Peter Satan. Get behind me, Satan. Um, but but Peter, Peter's got his theology correct. He knows his Old Testament, and he knows who Jesus is. He's got it right, but his understanding of the kingdom is off. He feels like Jesus needs to do it his way. Peter is headstrong and feels like he knows better than God. No, 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 God, that's not how it's going to happen. That's not how it's going to happen. You don't need to do that. And I feel like I resonate with that as well. That at times, I think we can get our our theology correct, and we can know all the right answers. But sometimes we ignore the fact that the kingdom leads through the cross. And that sometimes the path that God wants to take us on individually and corporately as a group, sometimes it goes through unexpected and difficult places. And sometimes it actually looks like defeat before it becomes a victory. Peter's not willing to see that. Peter thinks it's all going to be an uphill, linear climb. I love linear. I love A to B, straight line, no going backwards. But that's not how Jesus works. It seems to be the secular, up and down, all over the place progress. But, but in the end, seeing that God is actually sovereign and in control and works all things together for the good. And we have to surrender the, this linear path of the kingdom that we see and actually trust God and not our own selves. And, and this is a journey that God's had me on as well. And then the third story. We see in Matthew, we saw it last week, 
Andy talked about it. We're, we're going to revisit it here. Matthew chapter 14. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat. That's Jesus. And go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was uh, then alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, and the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. Jesus sends the disciples out into the boat. And I, I think he actually knew there was a storm coming. I think he knew that they were going to go out and they were going to be terrified and they were going to be scared and it was going to be painful for them. And he sends them out on the boat. And then there's this amazing line that he just walks out on the water. Uh, this amazing moment where Jesus walks out under the sea. The disciples see him walking on the sea and they were terrified and said, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart, it's I, don't be afraid. And then again, you got to love Peter, the impulsiveness, the excitableness. Peter said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come out to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand, took hold of him, saying, oh, you have little faith. Why did you doubt and when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. It's this amazing story where Peter has this moment of excitement, and even in the midst of the storm and the waves, they're still terrified. They're fishermen. So you've you got to picture how bad does the storm have to be for these fishermen who spent their lives in a boat to be scared. And Jesus is out on the water, and Peter stands up in the boat and says, Lord, call me to come out to you. That looks awesome. And then he takes a step out and he's focusing on Jesus and then he takes a step out and then all of a sudden he realizes what he's just done. And he sees the waves. And rather than looking at Jesus, he starts to look at the waves around him and he gets terrified and he starts to sink and he cries out to Jesus. And we, we sometimes give Peter, you know, as we read this normally, we give Peter flack. Oh, you of little faith. What were you thinking? It was Jesus. But sometimes we miss the fact that there were 11 other disciples in the boat who didn't even ask, who just kind of cowered in fear, waiting for the storm to pass. We are, I think, I think it's fair to say, we culturally, globally, are in something of a storm. Uh, I don't know if you remember or not, but there's this global pandemic that's still happening. <laughs> Doesn't get as much news nowadays, but uh, that's still happening. You've got inflation. Thank you all, by the way, for getting a mortgage on your house in order to drive here this morning to pay for the gas. Uh, you've got the uncertainty of I mean, division within families about masks and vaccines. You've got the trucker convoy, which also has caused divisions within families and our country is divided. And then on top of all of that, you've got this Ukraine thing. We're in the midst of a storm. And I think it's important, first of all, that we remember that just as Jesus sent the disciples out in the boat in the midst of the storm, Jesus is sovereign and he knows what's going on. None of this escapes God. None of this surprises God. 
None of it is surprising that he's in, in control of it all. And I think he's waiting for us to actually be the Peter that says, call me out to you. Even in the midst of the storm, before the waves cease, call me out to you. I want an opportunity within our walls as, as a body. I think the last couple of years have also been kind of stormy. Um, at least maybe some of you have felt that way. The last couple of years as, as a church, there's been some waves and some storms. And it hasn't been smooth sailing. I think it's fair to say. But I see here as well an opportunity. Um, we've got posters up with the elders' pictures, and there's, there's questions being answered about this, this new, the new process of, of looking for a new lead. Um, see, we have an opportunity as, as a congregational church. That means that you have a, a say, that it's not just a leader who needs to come in and tell you who to be and who to become and what it's going to look like for you to live out your faith. You have the opportunity to say, no, this is who we are as a body, that, that we are not an organization that, that we simply show up to to sort of keep the bills paid and keep the staff paid and keep the lights on. We're not an organization. A church is a body, meaning every single one of you is a member of something larger. And when someone new comes in, it means the body has more capability. And when someone goes, it means we actually lose something, that we are an organism, that we are living and breathing, and that, that God has actually placed each of you here for a reason. And that each of you have gifts and, and passions and purposes that God has given you, and we are a collection of the sum of each of your gifts and each of your time and each of your spheres of influence. That's what the church is. And, and, and this body of believers is different than the church that's gathered down the street who's also a body of believers who are made up of different people with different gifts and different passions, different opportunities. And they have a specific organ, organi organism as well that has a certain function, just as we do. And so the opportunity that we have now as, as we form this nominating committee is for you to speak up and say, this is who we are. This is who we are right now. These are the gifts that God has given us. This is the uniqueness of who we are. These are the collection of gifts and talents and opportunities that we have. And you get to, to determine as, as a congregational church, this is who we are. This is what we believe that God is calling us to with the gifts that we have, the opportunities that we have uniquely. And this is what we think God is calling us into in the future. Working with your elders, working with your nominated committee, say, no, I'm not just part of an organization. And I'm not just waiting for someone to tell me what to do. There's an opportunity in the storm to get out of the boat and to be the body that God has made you to be uniquely. There's an opportunity as we look for a new leader, be able to communicate as well as, as the uniqueness of, of each of us in not only the gifts and the talents, but also the needs of how we each uniquely connect with God in each unique season in our life and identifying that, that there can be unity without there having to be uniformity. And as I've spent time over the last few months uh, reflecting, thinking, engaging in conversations, praying, um, I've come to the realization that as we go forward, um, that I'm, I'm not that guy. 
as far as it being a storm, the last couple of years have been pretty stormy for me too. Um, I've been so blessed by the opportunities I've been given. And God, honestly, the last two years has done a pretty amazing refining work in my life of slowing me down, bringing me grace and patience, uh, being able to hone the gifts that he's been given me, that he has given me. Um, but it's been, it's been a stormy couple of years where much of the time I felt like a bit of a square peg in a round hole. Um, and as I look at, at, at what I know of us as a body and where we find ourselves collectively, um, with my style and also my weaknesses, I, d- I don't know that I'm, I'm the guy. As well as I think some of my, my past Peter-like overreaches, um, and, and to be honest, I think also maybe some measure of a misconception of my heart. Uh, maybe a misconception a little bit. That, that I've helped contributed with my drivenness. Um, but I, I don't think that I'm the guy. And while I know that many of you maybe appreciate some of my square peggedness, um, my hope and my prayer for us is unity. I don't think... You need to be told what you have to be as a body that each of you brings these gifts to the table and that the collection of these gifts makes the whole. And so I want to encourage you in this season to step out of the boat, not just hunker down in and wait for the waves to pass and wait for somebody to sort of carry you ashore, but to rise up, step out of the boat and and realize that, that you are part of a body and that God has you here for a reason with gifts and with opportunities and it's the collection of the whole that makes the organism that is new life. And, and in this season, uh, as well, uh, Jen and I are in the process of also stepping out of the boat, um, but in a different direction. For, uh, for the next guy to thrive and for there to be unity, um, we feel like um, it's probably the right season for us to start transitioning um, into the next phase of our lives. And so we have, uh, we have accepted an opportunity to walk alongside a church in Sacramento, California, um, which we're both really excited about, which looks great from the boat, by the way. You're like, wow, that looks awesome. And then once you take a step like this out of the boat, the waves get really real uh, with lots of, uh, lots of questions and lots of implications and lots of unknown um, but God seems to be opening a door that uh, has actually, it, it's one of those things you push on doors sometimes and often lots of doors and they just don't even move. And you realize, well, maybe that isn't even a door. And sometimes you push on a door and it just flies open and you fall through to the other side. Um, and that's kind of the season that we're in right now, shockingly, going, oh, okay, God, I, I guess you've already taken care of that for us. Uh, and so, so that's the season we're in as well. And so I want to encourage you. We're, we're here. Um, you know, I'll, I'll be pressing forward as, as usual until Easter, and then we're going to be here probably till summer anyway, just around. Um, so we're not going anytime immediately. Um, there's lots to do as we try and figure out all the details. Um, but, but honestly, my, my very first Sunday here, uh, five and a half years ago, I, I stood right over there, and I remember I was asked to pray. And I actually prayed for the ending when, when I finish. It's not how we start things, it's how we finish. And so I remember praying for this moment five and a half years ago. 
And so my heart for you is, first of all, to know that, um, that it has been uh, an absolute blessing uh, to be able to walk alongside you for five and a half years and for you to give me the space uh, to fail, uh, to try things and to see successes and to realize things had to change and to realize I'm a little too like Peter and need to slow down, uh, to have the opportunity to see. I mean, one of the, one of the highlights for me is to be able to, to lead this young couple to faith and then to marry them and then the next day baptize them. Like, what a cool, what, a, what an amazing blessing that was. Um, and, and stories like that, uh, amazing stories of seeing uh, young adults in particular coming to faith and um, people grappling with the reality of who Jesus is and then being excited about following him and taking steps into that. Um, and so going forward for you, my prayer is for unity. Unity together as a body, as a collection of individuals who are very unique and different, but form a body that God has placed here for a reason. And so I, I implore you, please stay in this season. Please stay. And please get out of the boat towards Jesus saying, this is, this is what I have to contribute and this is why I'm here. And this is how God has uniquely placed me and used those gifts. And be the body of Christ. Let me pray. Jesus, we acknowledge that there are waves all around us right now. Uh, and sometimes the boat seems pretty rough. But we want to say that you are sovereign and that you are good and that your plans are not always our plans and that sometimes your plans go through the cross. And Jesus, I pray that you would call us out to you, that we would take this opportunity to rise up and get out of the boat and walk towards you and see what it is you're trying to do, what it is you're doing, what you're waiting for us to do. I thank you for this body and for the opportunity that it has to make an impact in this very dark valley. Give us the courage and the strength to take these steps of faith. I pray this in your sovereign and holy name. Amen. Shannon, I want to... Let me hear you. I'll go sit. Hello, uh, my name is Shannon, and I'm one of the elders here in this time. Oh, they get me to do this, and every time I cry. Oh, there we are. Okay, at our last elders meeting, which was two weeks ago, Ralph Kemp, Kempy, prayed. He started our meeting with a prayer of thanksgiving and said... Thank you, Lord, that even in these difficult times of change, we know uh, that you are on the throne, and we praise you for your unchanging character. A couple hours later, when Andrew let us know of his intentions to leave and for, obviously, his family, Jen, and the kids to go with him, and they were moving south, uh, it was with heavy hearts that we ended our meeting with the same prayer. Thank you, Lord that even in these difficult times of change, we know that you are on the throne and we praise you for your unchanging character. I brought my iPad so I could zoom and open when my eyes went fuzzy. 
<laughs> this, past, this year uh, continues to bring with it change in our church community. And although we celebrate the adventures that our people are being taken on, uh, we think of Ken and Henry and Phil and now Andrew and his family, we do mourn the loss for what that means for those of us left behind. Andrew is an amazing communicator, uh, and we just so appreciate him, and we have been blessed and encouraged by his teachings at the seven in our dailies, in the weeklies, and here in our Sunday mornings at our cathedral church. Um, we have been led by him and blessed by him continually. Uh, and we're going to miss them. They are connected in mentorship relationships and friendships here. And the loss of the McDonald family here with us is going to leave a hole. Uh, but we believe, just as we did when Ken and Kimberly announced their departure, that if it is good for the McDonald's, it's good for new life. We believe that. And we can celebrate with them our years together. We can be grateful for the teaching and leading that we've had. And we can cheer them on as in this act of faith, they step out of the boat and into this new adventure God is calling them on. We thank you for your humble service to our church family over the past five and a half years, Andrew. We love you, and our prayers go with you. Now the rest of us. I know we have lots of questions about what this means for New Life moving forward. And Pastor Scott and I have begun answering your questions that we have gathered already uh, on videos weekly. So please continue to look for those coming out and please continue to send questions and we are going to continue to answer them as best as we can. And if you watched this past um, one this, that came out this week, you heard that we as elders have moved ahead in our um, search committee for a new pastor, a lead pastor, uh, with two steps. And we invite you into these steps. Uh, the first, like Andrew said, uh, we are a community and we are going to be looking for input from you into who we are and where we want to go and who we want leading us. So before spring break, we commit to you that we will have a survey available and we ask as much of you as possible to participate with us so we can move forward in full knowledge of, of, of being your representatives and what, where we're going and what we're doing. So please participate in that. We'll get that to you soon. And the second thing that we are doing is we're actively beginning to form our search committee for a lead pastor. We ask for your prayers in that. Uh, both tasks, the survey and the search committee, they're so important, and we just really ask for your prayers for us as elders. There we are. Um, pray for us as we lead through this time. Uh, as always, please feel free to reach out to us. Um, every one of us love to talk, and so we'd be happy uh, to talk to you about uh, any questions you have. Now, Scott. All right, this is um, there's a book title out there said uh, says I didn't see that coming, <laughs> and um, I think in the last, uh, especially the last five months, uh, it definitely felt that I didn't see that coming, and so for um, 
for us as a church as we do move forward um, Andrew talked today about the about the boat about the storm and uh, if you've ever been in a boat in a storm uh, you can feel like hey this boat maybe is going to sink um, and uh, I am reminded that this church has existed for 30 plus years there's been many different pastors who have been here and it still exists because it has not existed because of a pastor it's existed because of our savior and that's what we hold on to that's what we will grab hold on to we have been blessed with pastor andrew and jen and the family and all they have given over the five plus years they've been here and we will continue to be blessed because they continue if they've touched your life you will go on with that in your life um, forever and that's the beauty of the body of christ that we have and i do want to encourage you to, to engage as shannon has put forth for you to engage and to ask questions my door is open my time is open to talk to, uh, to, to ask your questions and to pray with you. Um, I've been asked to be the interim lead pastor until we discover as a church who it is that God has for us. And I will continue to do that until we find that person, until we discover that person. Uh, what am I saying? I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I, I, unless you tell me to go somewhere. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. Uh, I'm with you on, on this journey, and I'm with you in the storm, and I'm with you through that. Uh, we are here together, and we get to discover that together. Just as Pastor Andrew and Jen have sought God for his will and have discovered what God has for them, that is where we are at as a church. And we're here to discover, to learn, to grow, to change. Um, that's what we're here for. And I want us to end this way today. I want us to end as, the, uh, as the, the, the band comes back up, as the musicians come back up. I want us to end with reminding us uh, what we believe and what we stand for, what we hold on to. And that is, uh, it's, it's the creed. I'm going to sing the creed. And that says, this is who we are. This is what we believe and this is what Pastor Andrew and Pastor, uh, Pastor Jen, sure, uh, <laughs> and Jen, uh, that's where they're at. They're believing in our God, our Savior, our Lord. He is on the throne. He is in charge. And we're here to follow him. Is it not? So stand with me. Uh, stand with, with Andrew. And let's sing this together, um, remembering that he is on the throne. Our Savior, 
good to come back to what is solid, to what is true, and to what is right. Lord Jesus, you are on the throne. You are our rock. You are our fortress. You are our shield in whom we trust. Oh God, as we walk and we journey in the days ahead, as we feel a storm, may we fix our eyes on you, being the author and perfecter of our faith. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Folks, uh, as we go today, know the blessing of the Lord. Know that he is your Savior and your Lord. Amen.